Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jordan Travis about to join the program here in just a matter of minutes. Let's get after it. Jimbo Fisher spoke to the media yesterday as only Jimbo Fisher can and obviously made a hire on his staff, bringing in Bobby Petrino to be the offensive coordinator. A lot of questions about Bobby Petrino, as there would be with any new staff member. But those of you that have been keeping up with what's going on in College Station understand this. The offensive play calling is what Jimbo Fisher does historically. Like, that's what he's known for. He's standing there with the full arts and craft project on the sideline on Saturdays, going through his different scheme he's got drawn up for that day. That, that's like kind of his M.O. Last year, Texas A&M was, was very bad offensively. And it'd be one thing to be bad offensively, but you don't have the personnel. A&M's recruited really well. A&M has the talent to be good offensively, but they were lackluster, to say the least, last year. Scored around 22 points a game, good for 97th in the country. They were 103rd in the country in terms of third down conversions. So I just say that to kind of set the table here. It makes sense why Bobby Petrino was a point of conversation for Texas A&M yesterday. And Jimbo Fisher, as a whole, if you listen to his press conferences outside of this one, he's a little bit impatient. Like he's a little bit quick to cut off the media members and sort of answer a question and maybe seem a little bit cagey is maybe the word you would use. But yesterday, it was a whole new level with the way that he talked about Bobby Petrino. He would not give those Bobby Petrino questions any air. Even more so, he wouldn't really give that much of a direct answer. The quote I want to hone in on, I actually tweeted out on my Twitter page, at Jody Pacquel. Someone asked him, so is Bobby Petrino going to call plays? Pretty straightforward question. Not trying to trick anybody. Not trying to imply anything negative about your program. Not, not a gotcha kind of question. Jimbo Fisher, one, seemed irritated visibly two he said we'll go through that as we go on <sighs> uh-oh <laughs> we're not off to a hot start so I tweeted that out and I said body language and tone is telling us a lot more than the words are here and there were a lot of people from the college station Texas area that were quick to say you're reaching here you're just making up a story hey quit reaching and being accused of different fan bases that I don't support but whatever Nobody's reaching here, y'all. I had former players of Jimbo Fisher's like that tweet. I had parents of players that are on Texas A&M's roster like that tweet. Nobody's reaching here, all right? This is not an encouraging display for your head coach that just hired somebody to fix the problem. Didn't look like he was super excited to pass along those duties if that's what he ends up doing. Now, Make sure you subscribe. Got a lot of y'all tuned in. We appreciate y'all for that. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, at Jody Paquel. Just a great way for us to go back and forth. If you follow me there, then you saw me tweet that out, and you probably have an opinion on that. So this is my concern. If that's how Jimbo Fisher is responding to this move publicly, like to the media, to the people that you would hope you're maybe on your best behavior for, a little bit at least, 
or maybe you're trying to put your best foot forward and put a good public perception forward, if that's how it's with the media, how is it behind closed doors? How is it in those staff meetings when there's no cameras, when there's no perception you have to manage for the public? When this hire was first made, got down to the studio, turned on the camera, and I was like, good for Jimbo Fisher, man. That's a humbling experience. That's tough to do, to bring another man to do your job that you've prided yourself on doing for the last however many years. Good for Jimbo Fisher. Now, after seeing what he said yesterday and how that press conference went, I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, how, how much was he forced to do this? How many people did he have tapping him on the shoulder saying, Jimbo, you need to bring in an OC. Need to bring in an OC. That's what we got to fix. He seemed very visibly frustrated. And the reason why we got to be concerned about this, if we're in College Station, Texas, like I said, the product on the field last year was no bueno. All right? It ain't going to cut it, especially with how well they've recruited. But you can't make real progress if you don't have a clear-cut responsibility laid out for each of your staff members. Like, you can't actually get anywhere with four hands on the wheel. That's two people tugging on the wheel, trying to make the right turn. If you're going different directions, if, you, if you're not aligned, you're going to have issues making progress, is the sentiment here. It's like when you're driving down the road and you're clearly lost. Like, the offense last year was clearly lost. But you won't stop and ask for directions because there's too much pride involved there. I'm not saying that's Jimbo Fisher. I'm saying that could be a situation you find yourselves in. And that's how it felt yesterday watching Jimbo Fisher. Not how it is, but that's how it felt. And you won't stop and ask for directions. You have two choices. Keep going, trust yourself, and probably get more lost. Or two, humble yourself and ask for directions. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M have done the equivalent of pulling over and asking for directions. And now it's a matter of, well, are you going to trust the directions you just got? Are you going to trust the guy that's sitting shotgun with you that has a map that's supposed to help you get to where you want to go? The concerning thing outside of just that one quote, because a lot of people are going to see this and say, well, you took that quote out of context. One, no, no, we didn't first. Second, they're going to say, well, again, you're reaching with that's just one thing from the press conference. Just one quote. Okay. Hear you on that. The concerning thing to me, in addition to this quote, was Jimbo Fisher's attitude towards the offense as a whole when it was talked about during that press conference. They kept asking him about problems they had a year ago, and he kept saying, it's execution. We, everybody runs the same thing. It's execution. Read between the lines here. Saying it's execution is shifting blame towards the players. It's not about the scheme, not about what I'm doing. Hey, I'm calling the right plays. Everybody runs the same thing across the country, right? It's not on me if I'm Jimbo Fisher. It's on the players, man. Execution. We got to be better execution-wise. Y'all, that's a bad sign. This is We are not off to a hot start in College Station, Texas. Okay? So we'll see what happens here. But insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. 22 points a game. Y'all, Texas ain't better than that. Connor Wiegman, I think, is a stud. He's better than that. Evan Stewart, better than that. Devon A-Chain, who was on the team a year ago, gone to the league now, he's better than 22 points a game. So A&M, got to have some buy-in now. It's just, you know, spring football just getting started. We got some time for this thing to gel, but that gives me a lot of concern. So Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, weird press conference. Not uncommon for Jimbo Fisher, but the verbiage and the body language, can't miss it. 
And we are now joined by the quarterback for Florida State, Jordan Travis. Jordan, let's just get right into it. What was it that made you come back for another year in Tallahassee? Um, I would say just unfinished business. I mean, I love my team. I love my teammates. Um, I know our, we didn't reach our goals last year. We had a, a high expectations, and we almost got there, but we didn't get where we wanted to go. Um, I just felt there was a lot of unfinished business. Um, I had a little, little bit of growing to do still, um, obviously. Um, but I felt like I owed it to this university to come back and finish what I started um, and keep helping grow this football team every single day. Now, obviously, with the 10-win season, the expectations have always been high internally at Florida State. But with the success that y'all had last year, how are you able to handle that external pressure that y'all are now getting? Um, just to be myself every day. Um, I've been through so many highs and lows throughout my career. I've been the lowest I've ever been in my life um, in my college experience. I mean, and I've always stayed, stayed the same. Kept a smile on my face at all times. Stayed humble. Um, I've always had role models like my brother. Um, he played at the highest level in baseball and just watching him always stay so steady um, and be himself every day. So, I mean, I couldn't do it without the help of my teammates, my family. Um, was there. And I want to talk about that just a little bit more. Transferring him from Louisville to Florida State, battling through injury. How would you describe your journey at Florida State? Uh, it's been like a roller coaster. Um, but it made me who I am today. Um, I'm as strong as I've ever been mentally. Um, it helped me grow as a person, a player. Um, Coach Sorbel, Coach Dillingham, Coach Tokars all came in. Helped me a lot, man. Um, I've never been so happy in my life. I wake up with a smile on my face every day. I'm living out my dream. Um, I'm at Florida State. I used to be a little kid that used to dream of an opportunity like this, and now I'm living it. So, yeah, um, all glory to God. I'm just thankful to be here. Man, I'm juiced. That fired me up. Now, speaking of living your dream, you and your teammates are getting set to potentially live out some of those dreams in 2023. Where would you say this team's psyche is at right now? Um, we're, we're good right now. Um, we're just steady. We're focused. We focus on the day in front of us. Um, can't go back and change anything in the past. You can't change anything in the future. We just got to work. Um, everyone's confident. Um, Coach Marvell always talks about confidence comes from the work. And this is a hardworking football team with a bunch of good people around. So it's going to be special this year for sure. Heading into 2023, what would you say the expectations are for yourself individually? Um, just to get better every single day as a player and as a person. That's my goal is get 1% better. Um, Coach Arbel always preaches it. Um, so that's it. Just get 1% better. My leadership, obviously, that's one thing I always continue want to work on. Um, I'm, we watched a video the other day about leadership with Jalen Hurts and how you can lead in your own ways. You don't have to change who you are, um, change your leadership style. You can just lead. Uh, I'm not a loud, loud guy, so I've been working on speaking a little bit more. Um, but I'm always going to lead by showing up early, working hard, and just continuing to do that. And there's always going to be people outside the program that have something to say and like to be loud, even after you account for over 30 touchdowns and throw for over 3,000 yards. Do you still feel like there is a portion of people that you need to prove wrong? Um, I always talk about I never really prove people wrong. I always want to prove myself right. Um, I know who I am at the beginning of each day and at the end of each day. Um, I know how much work I put in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that group of people that um, are praying for your downfall. Um, I mean, that's just life. And in reality, um, I watched my brother 
play baseball and he's always had people. I used to go on Twitter as a little boy and tweet back at the people. Um, now he's doing that for me. So it's, it's kind of funny, but I mean, there's always going to be people that are always um, praying for the worst for you. Um, but I'm just going to be myself every day, continue to work. I know who I am. Um, is there for any recruits that may be watching this, what would you tell them for why they should take their talents to Florida state? Um, if you want, um, a bunch of coaches that are the same people every single day. Um, you want to come here. Um, every single morning I come here, um, I have a smile on my face. You have Coach Norvell. That never changes. What you see when you come here to visit, he's the same exact person every single day. He's going to coach you hard. He's going to love you hard. Um, obviously, this university is amazing. The people around here are great. I mean, and then just the team and all is just really special. We have a bunch of special people all over the place that, care for one another. It's really a brotherhood. So yeah, we're going to come to Florida State. <laughs> now, Jordan, there's a lot of people like me that get a mic and get to say Florida State will be this in 2023 and try to put a label and expectations for y'all internally from where you're sitting. What are your expectations for this team for next season? Um, I feel like I haven't even thought that far yet. I mean, I'm just trying to get better every single day. I tell the guys is focus on today. We have practice today at four o'clock. Go out there and treat it like a championship game. Go out there and give 100%. So when the time comes around, we're ready. Um, I feel like this team's going to be ready. Um, we just have a bunch of hardworking people um, that, that want to succeed in life, um, that want to succeed in, in football. So we're just going continue to continue to work. We asked Coach Novell that same question. He kind of had the same thing to say, like, hey, this is a group of fighters. Just going to take it a day at a time. And when the dust settles, we'll see where we're at. So when the dust settles for you, Jordan, and you play your last game in Tallahassee, what kind of legacy do you hope you leave at Florida State? Um, I would say a guy that just came to work um, through all the ups and downs. He stayed the same. Um, that's always been the same. One thing I focus on is just never changing, no matter how how much people talk about me, um, positively or negatively. Um, because I've, I've been a, I've been at both places now. Um, just a guy that fought through a lot of adversity and turned negative adversity into a positive. Um, made me who I am today, just a strong person that smiles, that goes out on the field and gives everything he has, but has a smile on his face the whole time doing it and just gets his guys behind him that loves his teammates. Um, I'm a big guy that focuses on my teammates. Um, so, yeah, just, it's just a good teammate all in all. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you making some time. We're excited to watch you get after it in the fall, and best of luck the rest of the way getting after it in spring football. And Jordan Travis coming back in. We appreciate him spending some time with us. But again, I keep saying this every single week. We have our guest on, and it gets me thinking. And this week, Jordan Travis, being a quarterback in the ACC, I started thinking, who has the best quarterback room in the ACC? Now, I need to make sure I have a couple of notes off the top here. One, this list is not in stone. Okay, this could change post-spring. This could change tomorrow. Also, we're not just ranking the starters. It's not just, well, they have Drake Mayo's quarterback, so they're the X number of team in the, in the power room rankings. No, or in the room power rankings. That's, that's not the way that this goes. I want to know about your backup. I want to know what happens if plan A goes down. Okay, so without further ado, did a power ranking system of the best quarterback rooms in the ACC 5-1. to one. I'm going to start at number 5. Number five is the Miami Hurricanes. You got Tyler Van Dyke, who was really good in 2021. 
we thought 2022 might be the last time we see TV do the uh, TVD based on what he did in 2021 was 25 touchdowns, six picks in 2021. In, two, in 2022, he threw 10 touchdowns to five interceptions. He was banged up a little bit. There was a lot of question marks around TVD during the season. Behind him, you got Jakari Brown, who Josh Gad has tagged as one of the top playmakers on that offense. Not just one of the top quarterbacks, one of the top playmakers. Now, Josh Gad is obviously no longer there, entering Shannon Dawson as the new OC. But I'm looking at this quarterback room, man, and the reason why I have him at five is based on what's under the hood. Like, you ever go into an old mechanic shop? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. That'd be kind of weird. But you know what I'm saying? Whenever you see a car that looks like it used to have some, some kick back in the day, had some horsepower, and you go check it out, and you look under the hood, you go, man, it's a nice engine. What's wrong with it? Some guy comes up, starts talking to you about the car. Man, this thing used to go. This thing, man, you know, the tires are flat now and the paint's a little bit chipped, but this thing had some giddy-up-and-go back in the day. Now, I don't know if back in the day is really the right word to use with Tyler Van Dyke as he's like a year removed from being one of the top quarterbacks in the country. My point in saying all this is the talent is there at Miami. I think for Miami, the reason why they haven't been successful is a lot more to do with what's around the quarterback room. Tyler Van Dyke was running for his life a lot last year. Jakari Brown worked in a different positions last year, but... All that's to say, there's a lot under the hood here, okay? I, I kind of want to hone in on that. There's a lot under the hood at Miami. Now, how much of that we get to see depends on the rest of the vehicle. But for my money, I think Miami has a lot of talent there. So for me, they're number five on the quarterback room power rankings. Now, at number four, the NC State Wolfpack. Forgot about the old Wolfpack, didn't we? They are one of the sneakiest teams in the entire ACC because of what they had in their quarterback room. Brennan Armstrong transfers in from Virginia, similar to TVD. Remember what he did in 2021? Had like 31 touchdowns passing. I think he had somewhere around 9 or 10 more on the ground. Like, dude can ball a little bit. He can spin it. And then last year, significant drop-off in production. Now, why is that? His offensive coordinator, Robert and I, went from Virginia to Syracuse. Well, guess what? reunited and it feels so good. Brandon Armstrong and Robert and I are reunited at NC State and I think they could be poised to do some big things. You cannot overstate the importance of a Jedi master for a Jedi. You cannot overstate the importance of an OC for a quarterback. That reference was for Nick Brake and for all y'all Star Wars fans out there. Now behind Brandon Armstrong, we have MJ Morris. And MJ Morris, I'm just going to say it, in a pretty limited sample size, less than 100 attempts, Y'all, I'm not so sure he's not the top backup in the ACC. I mean, dude can sling the rock like David against Goliath. I mean, eight, 52, excuse me, 52 for 86, seven touchdowns, one INT. He won two games for NC State last year. Came off the bench, no problem, coach. I'm good, no warm-up, let's go ball. He can sling it now. The ball comes out of his hand with a tight spiral, Throws on a frozen rope. Like, I, you, you pull up MJ Morris, you go learn something. He's a dog now. Okay, so you hope Brennan Armstrong can go for you. The way that he plays, he's a bit of a dual threat. Been banged up before, but MJ Morris, if all else fails, he's shown you he can do it. So, NC State for me is good for the number four quarterback room in the entire conference. Now, for three, two, and one, this is where it gets a little bit juicy. All right, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're locked in. We appreciate y'all being. Tuned in live. Appreciate the podcast rocking with us. Huge shout out to the people on Apple and on Spotify. Shout out to all the babysitters. Just got the AirPods in, not even paying attention to the kids. 
as they're over there playing with knives and other things that could probably get them into trouble. They'll be okay. Just keep listening to the hard count. They'll be good in just a few minutes here, all right? Appreciate y'all for that. Now, at number three, I got the Clemson Tigers. They got Cade Klubnick. They got Paul Tyson, who's been playing college football for about as long as you and I have been alive. You got Chris Vizina, six foot four, 205 pound unit, four star quarterback, obviously now at Clemson. He's going to be a freshman, or he is a freshman now, already enrolled. When I look at this room, the word to me is just sturdy. Like, it would take a lot for Clemson to be in a position where they're like, hey, man, we don't have a quarterback that can go for us. We don't have a guy that can go out and win the game for us. Now, some of that is what's around Clemson. Okay, Will Shipley, absolute savage. We had him on the program. I think one of the best running backs in the country. Got some guys that can go up and get it for you. Got Antonio Williams in the slot. But we're focusing on the room, right? We're going to try and keep this as much about the room as possible. Cade Klubnick, we have a limited sample size. Saw him look really good against North Carolina. Saw him look a little bit overwhelmed against Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. I think him paired with Garrett Riley is a match made in heaven. And then you just look behind him. There's a lot of talent. Paul Tyson played a lot of football. I'll rephrase that. Has been in successful football programs. Was at Alabama at one point in time. Is now a redshirt grad to Clemson. So the way that I look at this, there's a lot of depth here. This might be the deepest room in the ACC. Is it the best room? Now, obviously, I have two teams ahead of them, so we'll talk about that in a second. But I think for just pure depth, the wagon is pretty sturdy when it comes to the wagon that is the quarterback room at Clemson, all right? So you feel pretty good about all three of those guys being able to help you if Cade Klubnick, or excuse me, if, if one thing leads to another, you about the other two behind Cade Klubnick being able to play for you. Now, at number two, I got the North Carolina Tar Heels. And to distill this down to one statement, my eyes work and I trust Charles Power. Okay? They have Drake May, who y'all that watch college football, and if you're watching this show, you're likely a college football diehard, so shout out to y'all. He's the best quarterback in the country not named Caleb Williams. Is that fair? Like, can we just be real? Drake May is probably the number one player in the entire country if Caleb Williams just doesn't exist. Like, if the draft were today and Drake May could go, I have a hard time believing he wouldn't be selected in the first round. Like, I think he's that good. You have a lot of buzz already about next year's draft. Like, yeah, you got AR in this draft, you got Will Levis, but next year, y'all, Drake May and Caleb Williams could be one and two off the board. Like, that's the kind of buzz around Drake May. Going to be poised for another big year this year. I said two parts of that statement, right? Trust my eyes. I trust Charles Power. Behind Drake May, you have Connor Harrell. Now, Connor Harrell, for us here at On3, was a four-star quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in the entire 2022 class. Now, I specify for us here at On3, Charles Power was much higher on Connor Harrell than the rest of the industry. I'm just going to keep it a buck right now. Nobody's messing with Charles Power when it comes to scouting in our industry. Like, he's just that dude. Men lie, women lie, Charles Power don't lie. So I'm trusting Charles Power on Connor Harrell, 73-yard kind of arm. There's video of him being in high school and going on different visits. I think he's on a visit at Michigan in high school as Connor Harrell. And I think Harbaugh just asked him to, to see how far he could throw. Kind of funny, but it's Jim Harbaugh, so we ride. Threw the ball 73 yards. So 
Dude can spin it a little bit now, all right? He, he's got a big arm, to say the least, squats big weight. There's also a video of him on the internet of him squatting somewhere in the range of like 450 plus. So he can go, all right? He can go. He's going to be a guy that I think we end up seeing project really well post-Drake May. But right now, the sample size is pretty, pretty limited. So what do you do when you don't have a sample size? You trust the scouts. I trust one scout, and that's Charles Power. So for that reason, I got North Carolina at number two in our quarterback room power rankings. Now, at number one, who else but the Florida State Seminoles? Number one quarterback for them, Jordan Travis. Behind him, you got Tate Rodemaker. The best way I could explain this is the formula is proven. The formula is proven. What I mean by that is, what is the purpose of a backup? You go to the backup when plan A doesn't work. Well, that happened for Florida State this year. Jordan Travis goes down. Tate, we need you, brother. Start warming up. They're down against Louisville at one point. Tate Rodemaker, no flinch. Florida State, no flinch around him. He goes in there, throws two touchdowns, goes six for ten. Mike Norvell postgame is like, I knew we could win with Tate Rodemaker. I had no doubt. I knew we could win with him. To have that much confidence in a backup in Tate Rodemaker tells you all you need to know about him, right? Sample size limited, but you've seen it work now. You've seen plan A go down. That is Jordan Travis. You've seen Tate Rodemaker win games for you. Let's go back to Jordan Travis. I think Jordan Travis is a top 10 player in college football. What he did last year, making a jump from 2021 to 2022 as a passer with his command of the offense, with the way he was able to utilize his legs. Like Jordan Travis is special. He's going to continue to be special for Florida State. And he's the reason why they are going to be a force in the ACC and make a run at the college football playoff. Mic drop. What else we need to say about him? All right. So for me, the rankings are as follows. When it comes to the entire quarterback room, not just one quarterback, the entire quarterback room. Got Miami at five, Florida State at number one, but you got NC State at number four, Clemson at three, North Carolina at two, Florida State at one. All right. So those are the ACC quarterback room power rankings. I got stuck there, to be honest with y'all. I was going to say Florida, I was going to say NC State at four, and I just said Florida State because I have Florida State on the brain. And so we had to make a move in the air there. So appreciate y'all rocking with us. Georgia got the sixth visit. And I think they still have a very real case for Dylan Rayola for a couple of reasons. The first reason being you're, you're buying into Kirby Smart, right? Like you're buying into Kirby Smart at the end of the day when it comes to this recruitment of Dylan Rayola. To me, it comes down to product versus process. And the product is pretty clear at USC. Lincoln Riley's putting together Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. One, two, and three. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Caleb Williams. Also, Jalen Hurts, another Lincoln Riley product. That's kind of the way that goes, okay? You got some quarterbacks that can make plays for you. That's the product. You bet on Lincoln Riley. You bet on what he's done there. You bet on the process of what Kirby Smart's put forth. And I think what he's put forth is pretty difficult to argue with. Back-to-back national champions. They just had a walk-on, be a Heisman finalist, is going to get drafted in the NFL. The thing that I'd be encouraged about if I'm Dylan Rayola when it comes to Georgia is the reality that if I'm buying into a process, who then is the responsibility on to get the most out of that process? Is it on Georgia to put forth the best process and, and, and make me buy in? I mean, not really. Shoot, you show up on campus, you're, you're an adult at that point. It's on me as Dylan Rayola 
to put all that I want into the process to get all that I want out of it, if that makes sense. Like the process is proven. How much do you put into it? That's the exciting thing for me from a five-star quarterback in the 2024 cycle, number one quarterback in the 2024 cycle of Dylan Rayola. That would fire me up. Okay, not to say that Lincoln Riley can't get you where you want to go. I'm just saying you look at USC and you look at Georgia, I think they're different situations you walk into. Nebraska also in the mix, but USC, again, kind of being the school to beat. We're going to talk about it that way, according to the RPM, that is. Here's one more thing we got to make sure we talk about. Dylan Rayola, according to people that I've talked to, is not worried about anybody besides Dylan Rayola. There's these theories out there that, well, if he goes there, he's got to play against you know, all the studs they got in their quarterback room with you know, Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck, you know, and then they got to deal with you know, Malachi Nelson at USC. Like Dylan Rayola is that dude. Sounds like he believes he is that dude, as you would want your quarterback to believe. He's worried about Dylan Rayola. So this notion that he's somehow going to be scared off by who they have in their room, just not true. Georgia's going to take, it sounds like, two quarterbacks in the 2024 cycle. Dylan is not worried about that. So we'll go ahead and wipe that away. When you look at USC versus Georgia, a lot of it to me is, one is getting you ready for the NFL, right? Like it's proven it can get you to the NFL if you're a USC quarterback, if you're a Lincoln Riley quarterback. The other side of this, though, is is there a more NFL-like experience than there is at Georgia? Like, for Caleb Williams, he is so talented. I doubt he has too many naysayers when it comes to his time for the NFL draft. But if there is one knock, if there is one little needle in that haystack that scouts are going to pick out and talk about is, well, it was against Pac-12 competition. It was against Arizona State. And I'm not dunking on Arizona State. I love Arizona State. But that's going to be something that he has to talk about and has to, I guess, in some ways sort of prove to scouts that no it doesn't matter who it was against I'm still that guy and I believe he will but I'm just saying if you're Dylan Rayola and you go to Georgia here's what you're getting you play against the best the best in the country in games yes in the in the SEC but they also do it in practice so you're developing to the nth degree if you go and take your talents to Athens, Georgia. The second piece of that, you play with some of the best in the country, like I was just saying. You're going to have guys to throw the rock to. Georgia has been a top three recruiting machine in terms of classes since 2019. Translation, you want to throw the ball to some ballers? You want to be protected by some of the best big boys in the country? Have a defense that if you get off the field on third down and you're not able to pick up that first down, you don't need to sweat it too much? Like, you are surrounded by other elite talents like yourself, which are going to push you forward. You play on the biggest stage. Georgia will always be in that conversation as long as Kirby Smart is the head coach there. Right into November, college football playoff team. SEC title caliber team. That's going to be the kind of games you're playing in. USC, I believe they're going to beat that under Lincoln Riley. But the sample size is much smaller at USC than it is at Georgia. Again, going back to process, their way of doing things, Georgia now has a process that is proven, tried, and true. Also, you're playing in an NFL offense under Mike Bobo. Right? I mean, that, that's what it's going to be. I understand Todd Munkin's gone to the NFL. It sounds like they haven't changed things too much based on how it looked from last spring to this spring, from their approach. If you want to get ready for the NFL, there is no more NFL-like experience slash organization than the University of Georgia.
So I still lean towards USC being the school to land him. But if you're trying to make a case for Dylan Rayola, you got a pretty good chance of doing that if you're at Georgia. So we'll leave it at that. Now bringing on the heavy lifter extraordinaire, pride of Owensboro, Kentucky, Nick, heavy lifter break. Nick, how we doing, big dog? Man, I've had better days here in this uh, studio. We Talk to me. Having some internet problems. Okay. Some problems at the beginning, but we are here. We are back. Uh, anyone watching, sorry about all the problems. Uh, it's time to get to our questions, of course. There Jamie. we go. Making it happen. Nick, uh, appreciate you being Johnny on the spot here, folks. Yeah. Because you're making it happen. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Uh, so you asked earlier, mm -hmm. uh, what's on your college football bucket list? Mm. And we've got uh, at JPT Trey with five Ys saying Tennessee game. But he's got a Michigan profile picture. Here, okay. Right? So a little bit of, of non-bias here from our guy, JP Trey, with quite a few Ys in there. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this. Nick, I fully expect us to get to a Tennessee game. I have only seen it on TV. But if there's any way that you and I can get to not just any Tennessee game, but a game where they checkered board Neyland Stadium, that just looks like emphatically a college football-specific kind of experience. Like, that looks special by all accounts. So definitely hoping that we get to a Tennessee game. Definitely hoping it's the checkered Neyland kind of Tennessee game. All right, because they look like they do it right there. We've only heard good stories from uh, our pal Grant Furkin up in the office. Yep. But uh, no, without a doubt, Tennessee absolutely on the bucket list. What okay. else we got, Big Nick? Uh, next question from at Champ Employee Civics, or excuse me, SVCS. I don't want to imply it's civics because uh, it's probably not. Uh, Oklahoma side of the field for the Red River shootout. It's another going. Still, is it still in the Cotton Bowl, JD? Still in the Cotton Bowl. That's awesome. Still cool. in the Cotton Bowl. Even though I, the Cotton Bowl is not in the Cotton Bowl. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, actually, I haven't been to this one, even though we lived in Texas for some period of time. Listen, he said the Oklahoma side of the Red River rivalry. I'm down for any side of the Red River rivalry. Like, just being in the stadium at the Texas State Fair, it's a neutral side, it's 50-50. It's not played on rivalry weekend. They just say, you know what, forget it. We're going to do it in the middle of the season. Like, that's special. Again, another thing that is specifically college football. You can't get it anywhere else. You don't get that in the NBA. You don't get that in the NFL. It's specific to college football. And that's another piece of this list that I think you need to consider when you're making your bucket list. What is specific to our sport? What can I not get anywhere else? Red River Rivalry at the Cotton Bowl. 1,000% one of those events, Nick. So I'm with you, brother. That has to be on there. Okay. Um, next up, this is our last one. This, I think it's the Iron Bowl. Yeah, Iron Bowl okay. from at Grade A Pork. Uh, Chris says he want, wants us to go do that. Sweet home Alabama. Dude, I would see this anywhere, whether it's Jordan Hare, Mm -hmm. Whether it's in Tuscaloosa, this is a game, I, just, I keep going back to it, specific to college football. And this rivalry too, Nick, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary on this. Yes, yeah. Dude, incredible. Incredible. Like, the, the you, with, with any rivalry, you kind of want a little bit of hate baked in. You want just to sprinkle at least. This has, I think, a two to three portion size more than the average rivalry in terms of hate baked into Auburn. Alabama and they've gone back and forth too over the years like I mean Auburn when, when they won their national title went back against Alabama and they won their national title like it's been a fun rivalry to keep track of and if if Hugh Freeze can get Auburn rolling again and can make that rivalry just a touch more competitive I'll say it hasn't been competitive in the past I know Auburn darn near pushed Bryce Young and Alabama out of the playoff that one year but 
they can get more to being consistently competitive on a national landscape where you got Auburn ranked in the top 25 and you got Alabama ranked in the top 25. Like, that's going to be a game that we find ourselves here soon, Nick. That could be the one game that keeps us from going to Columbus, Ohio, or mm -hmm. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Like, that, that could be yep. one of those games that ends up doing that for us, brother. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can get a time machine and go watch the, the 20, what is it, 2013 Iron Bowl? Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? I would, I'd be there for that. I mean, you better <laughs> pack a pack a hard hat and mm -hmm. some other protective equipment because we'd yeah. storm the field, yeah. and that'd be a blast, dude. Yeah. That'd be well, unbelievable. We got someone in the chat saying, who yes. wins the, the opening weekend game between LSU and Florida State? Nick, I, we might be there, bro. We, we, we might be in Orlando for this game. So we're going to hold off on picking that one, but I just wanted to highlight it to just say, y'all, if you're watching at home, we got some more things that we're going to talk about as we get further and further into the summer and close to fall with what Nick and I's travel plans are for the fall. But I'll just say this. Don't be surprised if you see Nick and I popping up at your local college football game. But, Nick, is that, that all we got today, brother? That's all we got. Hey, shout out uh, to Jerry W. who asked that question, J.D., about Florida State and LSU. Uh, says he's also from Owensboro after you introduced me. So, uh, okay. hey, well, Jerry, that's awesome. Here we friend. go, Jerry. Yeah. Small world. Holding it down. You think that's Jerry from uh, Parks and Rec? Uh, it's actually Jerry Seinfeld. from uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Okay. Because they both watch the show. I just get confused which yes. one of their uh, name is. But, Jerry, all jokes aside, appreciate you contributing to the conversation. Nick? I'll see you on Thursday. Let's do it. Let's do it. Appreciate you, Nick. Again, Nick Brake, making everything that you see here happen. If you're listening on podcasts, don't worry about it. Okay. But if you're watching live, we appreciate y'all hanging with us. We had a couple of issues with the internet going in and out. All that we do is respond. All right. You can't control your, your external circumstances. All you control is your attitude and your effort. And Nick Brake doing it better than anybody else in the business, making this whole thing happen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.